This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Letterboxd. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash TheObsessiveViewer. You can also follow us on Letterboxd at ObsessiveViewer, ObsessiveTiny, and I am Mike White. And finally, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer at the minimum rate of $1 per month for an exclusive RSS feed with content recorded specifically for Patreon supporters. Also, a newly minted tier to the Patreon uh, feed is that if you pledge uh, $5 or more, you will get access to my stupid face. Um, <laughs> whenever I see a movie in the theater, I will record a 5-10 to 10 minute reaction video and post it to the Patreon feed for the $5 or more uh, ones. That's a new thing. I have one for Ready or Not popped up. Uh, on there. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, but yeah, check that out. Patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and tiny. Yes, sir. How is it going? It's good. It's been a long minute. It has. It is. I was on obsessive viewer. Yes. It, it really has. We've been doing a lot of behind the scenes work with mm-hmm. Tower Junkies. Yep. Um, we, I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited because Tower Junkies, our Stephen King Dark Tower podcast, uh, is actually going to be reasonably, hopefully, knock on wood, reasonably consistent, at least in October. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we have some episodes that are banked for the lead up to Dr. Sleep. Um, yeah, and then today, oh, today the Institute came out, so, uh, super excited about that. Yes, but sir. That's Tower Junkies. Mm-hmm. This is Obsessive Viewer. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's been a while since you've been on, like, a full episode. Yeah. Um, I yeah. checked the archive. <laughs> uh, you were on the episode where we talked about, well, I talked about Good Boys and we talked about something. It was the one that I spliced together with my recording with Kirsten. Yeah. Were you on it? Yes. I was, yeah. Yes. Damn, what did we, I don't even remember what we I, talked about. I don't know either. I really hope it was good for the audience. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Good Boys and it, was it just Extended Potpourri? I think it was. Yeah. I don't even remember. Um, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, okay, it was the Matrix 4 news, uh, Sony versus Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man and the MCU. So yeah, it was just kind of a news roundup kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Disney Plus and, oh, I talked about Seven Samurai on 35 millimeter. Right, right. So yeah. Um, anyway, so that was the, that was, okay, so we had our six year anniversary back, uh, in June and that episode was the, uh, that episode that you were on for that, that I just referenced, uh, was the first episode of year seven of the podcast that you've been on. Oh my God. So we've got to rectify that tiny. Yeah. Yes. Um, but like I said, we've been doing a lot of tower junkies work. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which this is work. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm docking you a week's pay. Oh man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so today, what are we talking about, tiny? 
We were talking about a 2019 documentary called Rapid Response. Yes. Sort of about the birth and after that evolution of mm-hmm. motorsports medicine, kind of. Yes. Uh, super excited to talk about that because yeah. we both grew up in Speedway. Uh, you grew up and are a grown-up racing fan. I am. <laughs> I grew up annoyed at the loud noises <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. no i i never really took to auto racing or anything so i think that'll yield some interesting conversation about this documentary nice um but before we do that this is a bonus episode that's pretty much all we're going to talk about maybe dip into some hobs and Shaw. yeah but um before we do that we have some news and uh updates and everything that we need to go through mm-hmm so, um, as referenced before, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. We have some new patrons and donations and everything and new Patreon rewards that I referenced. So, just want to highlight that. We have new patrons, Aaron Jones um, from the UK and Matt Smeltzer from You're Gonna Love This or Not. Uh, he pledged uh, to it as well. And then also we have uh, Robert in Utah <laughs> upgraded his Patreon thing. So be like Robert. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, pay us what you want. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like seriously, like it's anything's appreciated. We really appreciate it. Totes. Um, and don't like go out of like, don't, you know, overdraft your account or anything. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, so, uh, thank you guys for supporting us and everything. Um, check out the feed and all that. So, um, the, yeah. And we got a couple of donations. Aaron donated uh, in addition to his Patreon support. And then also, uh, Robert in Utah donated as well. And he had a pitch for an idea for an episode that I'm going to keep secret Ooh. for the podcast. Like, Tiny, you already know about it. You slime minx. Yes. So I'm hoping eh, my foot is going to be in my mouth, I swear. <laughs> I'm really hoping that we can get that to be like our Halloween episode. Okay. Um. So we'll work on that. So very excited about that. Um. couple other things. One is I was a guest on two Count them two. Won't take you long because um, it's <laughs> two. Um, two. Uh, how many times can I say that number? Um, different um, Twilight Zone podcasts. Oh, wow. recently. So uh, my Twilight Zone podcast anthology is currently on a brief break from it because I just haven't had the time to really dive back into it. Um, but I've had the time to record two guest spots on two other <laughs> Twilight Zone podcasts. So anyway, if you're hurting for more anthology, check out, or if you want um, <laughs> better <laughs> Twilight Zone coverage, <laughs> um, check out uh, Between Science and Superstition. Um, I was, I was on, uh, an episode where we basically just kind of shot the shit. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, that is at, I, I think their URL is bsas.com, but I know that it's also between science and superstition.com. Anyway, uh, so check that out. And also I made my third, count it third, <laughs> um, uh, appearance on the, uh, uh, submitted for your approval, a Twilight Zone podcast, my friend Brandon's podcast about the Twilight Zone. And we talked about the episode from season three of the original series titled Still Valley. Hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. So I highly recommend checking out both of those podcasts, not just my episodes, but check out their podcasts and everything because they're, uh, great people. Cool. So both 
both both podcasts have good people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's dive into this. What? Yes. When I was growing up, I would get a favorite race driver. He might be killed two weeks later. So I get another favorite race driver. He get killed two or three weeks later. One out of seven drivers was killed every year. My dad used to tell me that they're going to bring him back home in a body bag. Drivers in those days kind of accepted getting hurt. There were no paramedics. Drivers would stop their car and run over and try to get somebody out of a burning car. Gasoline explodes. Gasoline is a bomb. We can't have this happen again. So tiny. We both watched Rapid Response, mm-hmm. uh, which is a documentary. Uh, oh, okay. Ooh, a 2019 documentary, uh, IMDb plot summary is in 1966, medical student and racing fan Stephen Olvey, uh, gets the opportunity of a lifetime when he is asked to volunteer at the Indianapolis 500 on their medical team. What started as a fun insider view of a sport he loved quickly devolves before his eyes as he sees the level of medical support given to the drivers whom he has befriended is terrifyingly non-existent. Uh, there's more to it, but I don't want to give much more away. Um, it's a, it's a documentary about the medical, uh, people, <laughs> the <laughs> medical, medical responses and everything. Right. And the medical service, I guess, in the, uh, racing community and how people involved in the Indianapolis 500 and that were volunteering for the Indianapolis 500 kind of spearheaded this kind of, like you said, evolution of, of evolving it into a much safer and humane practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this, uh, documentary was directed by Michael William Miles and Roger Hines, Hines, Hines. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but it is currently this week. We're recording this Tuesday night, uh, September 10th. Um, it is currently playing at Southern Plaza, um, the AMC theater on the South side. Um, I would hope that it's it's going to go for another week, but um, it's very possible that by the time you're listening to this, it will only be in theaters for like a day. And I would say, spoiler for the review, I would say go check it out, especially if you're interested in racing in the racing community and medical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. Let me actually check and see if they have their stuff posted. Um, so anyway, Tiny... Um, I feel like we are at a, an interesting, um, let's see. Oh, it will be playing for another week at AMC, um, on the South side, Southern Plaza. So definitely check that out. Yep. So anyway, um, I feel like we're in an interesting position because as I said, we both live in Speedway ish. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and both grew up in Speedway. You grew up a racing fan. I grew up a fan of listening to the buzzing of the cars from (laughs) a mile and a half away um so how did you feel going into this documentary um and how did you feel about the documentary in kind of broad terms uh i was really i I mean obviously to admit my bias right off the bat Mm -hmm. because everything you just said i was i was already on board with this hook line Mm -hmm. sinker and for context how many indianapolis 500s have you been to in your life i have missed one Indy 500 since 1999. Jeez. So I've been to night. I've been to 20, but I haven't 
in the last 20 years, I've only missed one. Wow. So, yeah. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Cars turned left a lot. Oh, no, I mean, what happened that you missed the one? <laughs> uh, that's, when I, that's when I hurt my back. Oh. And I didn't want to go sit on bleachers for four and a half, five hours. Yeah. And I just I just couldn't do it. Um, okay. So I didn't go that year. I think it was 2008. Okay. was the year I didn't go. Um, wow. But then the years after that, I was like, fuck it, I'm going. I, I really don't want to miss it again. Nice. Because it's one of my favorite things in the world. So. so- Actually, before we get into it, like, what is it about going to the race and, and racing, auto yeah. racing that appeals to you and everything? Cause, like I said, I've, I've lived here for most of my life at this point. And mm. I mean, it's just something that never really hooked me. Yeah. Um, so I have, like, what is it about it that, that really uh, appeals to you? I think I'm, I think I really love tradition. Mm-hmm. Tradition in general, it just appeals to me. Um, it's an, you know, an aspect of history, and I've been a history buff for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's part of the reason why I'm also a Notre Dame fan. Oh, okay. Um, because Notre Dame is a traditionally mm-hmm. uh, powerhouse football program, and they're you know they there's a lot of tradition with that school. Mm-hmm. Um, in college football in general, there's like I I kind of shit on the NFL all the time because right. I'm like college football is just I think objectively mm-hmm. so much better because there's tradition and rivalry and energy that you're never going to see in an NFL game. Right. It's every Saturday at every college game. So, mm. um, I think it's just, it's something about that, that, that draws me in. Um, and the Indy 500 is just steeped in tradition and history. Um, it's also the largest sporting venue in the world. Um, the population mm-hmm. of Speedway every, uh, the day before Labor Day or the day before Memorial Day every year changes mm-hmm. from thirteen, fourteen thousand to about three hundred and fifty thousand. Jeez, I did not realize yeah. it was that big of a jump. It's, I mean, if it like like the hundredth running, mm-hmm. there like when they talk about like not just the attendance, but like media, racing teams, all the vendors and all that stuff. There were almost a half a million people at the Indianapolis Jeez. Motor Speedway, and I like. To put into context my relationship to it and everything, uh, when you were saying that, I was like, have they already done the 100th running? <laughs> or is that coming up? That was 2016. Okay, that's yeah, what I thought. Oh, this okay. year was the 103rd. Nice. Um, so yeah, and like for context, you could fit, you could fit, uh, Kentucky Downs, Kentucky Derby, that racetrack, sure. I don't know, um, Yankee Stadium, the Roman Coliseum, and, a bunch of other things I, in inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at the same time. I want to say that one of those other things, and I'm this could this could be me being really stupid. Is one of those things the Vatican? It might be. You could fit the Vatican okay. inside the Indianapolis that Motor Speedway. That is nuts. Yeah, that's just how big it is. It's just mm-hmm. a huge place. Um, and when you're there, and like I used to sit at the top of Turn Four. Mm-hmm. Which Terrifying. is one one of, <laughs> one of the highest points in the. It's one of the highest points in the. Uh, in the venue, mm-hmm. my buddy and I sat there for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see two hundred thousand people. Like, God, think about think about all the places you've been in your life. How often have you physically in person seen two hundred thousand people? Jeez. Like, it's probably a lot of people have probably never. Sharktober and Irvington last year. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> but I mean, imagine going to your average NFL football game and triple oh, triple yeah. that. That's, that's that's nuts. Yeah. So that's like that's just mm-hmm. like honestly, the atmosphere is the best thing about it. Okay. Like I enjoy the racing too. Like that's totally mm-hmm. cool. And um, I you know it's pretty amazing to see a car go 230 miles an hour. Yeah. That's pretty 
pretty amazing. Um, I love the engineering of it and all that, mm-hmm. but for me, it's the tradition and the atmosphere. That's what totally okay. makes it for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the tradition, atmosphere and seeing that and everything, like to get even more specific, like, is that enough? Like, is that why you like sitting or standing? In an open environment <laughs> in late May. Yep. Uh, so I can't, like, it's, it's exhausting just thinking about it. Yeah. You know what? I kind of, it's kind of a sick thing where I kind of mm. love it. It's like, okay. like the price of your ticket is not just, you know, the hundred dollars you pay for the ticket. It's mm. the buckets of sweat and the yeah. sun and the, you know, the, what getting up early and mm. it's like it's just everything i'm like it's like my wife will bitch about it she's like oh we gotta walk all the way down yeah. there and i'm like it's part of the price of admission Jeez. So i was like it's the best day of the year let's go like i just <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't ruin my mood on yeah. race day like that's that's just how i know it's it's God. goofy but uh i'm not gonna make excuses for it it's, oh no no I'm, I'm not judging I, like yeah. it's something that i just never really connected to i mm-hmm. will say um racing video games all about them oh yeah those are fun yeah like yeah. um one of the gran turismo games had uh indianapolis motor speedway on it yeah and like it was just it was really cool like mm-hmm. it was just it was awesome yeah but um yeah so so going into the documentary like how did you feel in broad terms about the documentary as well um i think in, in terms of, you know, production value and, and the style of it, I think they did a good job. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's a good documentary in and of itself. Obviously, I loved it because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it, it's, it, the subjects in and of itself, if you, even if you take out the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really fascinating story. Yeah. I mean, these guys developed motorsports medicine. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, Oh, we figured out how to, you know, yeah. how to make the cars, how to make people not die. Like, no, mm-hmm. like, no one was asking these guys, like, right. hey, can you guys, like, develop uh, a technique for, for, uh, extracting someone from a car? Mm-hmm. They did it because they wanted to. Yeah. And they were curious about the science and they, you know, befriended these drivers and yeah. they didn't like seeing them die. It, yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Like, also, drivers were dying. <laughs> yeah. One out of every seven back that, in the 60s. And that is yeah. what kind of struck me so much about the documentary like as someone who is kind of on the outside of of like this kind of racing culture this fandom what have you Mm -hmm. um even though i'm i'm obviously very well aware of of the ins and outs of it just by just living near it um and knowing that like on race day, okay, I'm not going to leave my apartment <laughs> yeah. um, until all the 300,000 people have left town. Right. But, um, but like what struck me about it is like memories of like, okay, when I was a kid, the most interesting thing to me about racing, cause like my dad was into it, like he, he would watch it and stuff and like, mm-hmm. uh, we would do like a thing where, uh, race morning, we would, Ter- like in the newspaper they would have like the um lineup yeah <laughs> yes um and they would have like pictures of the drivers next to their car yeah um we would tear them out individually and then put them in a hat and then like each of us would pick like one yeah and like whoever got the winner like i don't got bragging rights i, I don't bragging think rights, yeah. but anyway so like the tradition there but um right. 
the most interesting thing to me about watching motorsports like that is like when things go awry, like wrecks mm, and stuff. Yeah. And like that's me as a kid. And like one of the really interesting things about this documentary is that it it I wouldn't say it recontextualizes it, but it's like it opens my eyes to like okay, n- like Rex like people will go to a race and like they'll they'll be th- weirdly morbidly thrilled by a wreck, but it's like yeah. these are people that could die in in like especially like open wheel racing mm-hmm. um and like the like IndyCar racing like is depicted in 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 this documentary like it's I mean it's it's open like you can see their heads yeah. just chilling there oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm just sitting there I'm like oh my god and like the footage that they show is yeah. like it's very tastefully done and it it's done mm-hmm. in such a way it's shown in such a way that it's very clearly getting its point across in the documentary that yeah these are horrific incidents and and accidents that um for decades it took it took a long time for them to develop like safety precautions and stuff it right. was just i just i was really fascinated by the way that it, the documentary kind of showcased how it was just kind of like uh um uh, a hazard of the job like it right um i don't what's the word i'm looking for um, it's, a, it's a risk you took yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah it was it was really really engaging i thought definitely um yeah like yeah. the uh the wreck of uh danny on gaius uh 1981 mm-hmm. um that i had heard about that wreck obviously i wasn't there i wasn't born yet yeah. but my father-in-law is mm-hmm. a huge indy 500 fan okay um and he used to go to the races and like i remember we were at um he loves to go to a local restaurant here in town that's been around for a while called charlie brown's oh yeah yeah you worked there for i worked there for, for like a, bit. <laughs> a few weeks right and uh i won't tell i won't uh, i won't tell that story okay. i'll save that for patreon <laughs> yeah well there's a, a racing theme at the restaurant mm-hmm. um and a bunch of the drivers have actually one time Paige and i went there we saw aj foyt there oh it yeah like, i remember I that i was just like <laughs> it was incredible um but i've probably seen you probably a bunch did. of people there you and probably I'm just like, did. Oh, pancakes right um, um but anyways, it's interesting that it's racing theme too because like yeah i mean very famous race car driver was charlie brown <laughs> yes he was uh, totally yeah. <laughs> it's a really um, great restaurant i really love that it's place. yeah it's awesome yeah. uh it's a breakfast joint mostly mm-hmm. anyways there was a um there's memorabilia all over the place mm-hmm. and there was a picture or or something or a poster of danny young guys and i didn't know who he was mm-hmm. and uh we took my father-in-law there and he, he loved it of course, cause of all the racing stuff. Mm. Um, and, uh, and the pancakes, and the pancakes. Yeah. yeah. Stuff. But, um, he, like he saw that picture and he's like, Oh man, that's Danny on Gaius. And I was like, yeah, who, who was that? And he was like, just let out a big sigh. Cause he was mm. like there when he died. Jeez. Like, and he was, he didn't see it like in person, but he mm. was like, you know, there's 300,000 people there. And he's like, you would not believe how quiet it was really when they were. Cause like, you know, Man. Because as, as Dr. Alvey, the main main doctor in the mm-hmm. documentary, talked about, when they showed up to the wreckage, basically they just like got out a sheet and laid it over. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Um, and he was like, when we saw that happening on the big screen, we were just like, it was just so quiet. He's like, Jeez. he's like, I'll never forget that. Um, so that's that like, wow. when he told me that story, I was just like, really, that was a pretty amazing story mm-hmm. that he remembered that. Um, and that, wow. that kind of, puts it in perspective mm-hmm. to how, you know, wrecks are exciting and big yeah. and, and kind of fun. Like, I hate to say it, but it's kind right. of fun. Um, 
but it's it's really it's just it's a super morbid thing that mm-hmm. we it's it's exciting and you want part of you wants to see Rex, but at the same time, like as soon as they happen, you're like holy shit and like. The worst I ever felt was I, I sent you a video. Yes. Of, I'll put a uh, link in the show notes. It was the 101st running of the Indianapolis mm-hmm. Motor Speedway. Scott Which Dixon. Was in 2017. It was 2017. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Scott Dixon and, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. He's not, not a big name. Mm. Um, Scott Dixon is a multiple time champion of, mm. of, uh, IndyCar, but he, got airborne he ran into this other guy yeah 200 miles an hour got airborne when his car finally stopped he only had one wheel left on mm. it he landed on a wall right that just like i i oh it's that, crazy yeah just look up the 2017 mm. scott dixon wreck uh in the short shoot between turns one mm. and two um i just remember like because we were sitting very very close to that not right oh, in yeah. front of it but like I remember when that wreck happened and I could hear the fireball of his Jeez. fuel exploding. I was like, I just witnessed Scott Dixon die. Yeah. Like that's exactly, that's what I thought. And like, I just right. remember that. I distinctly remember that feeling. I was like, Oh my fucking God, they're mm-hmm. going to pull him, his corpse out of that car. Yeah. I was so like, I was like kind of scared almost. Sure. Cause, um, Dan Weldon also had died uh, oh. like five years before. Okay. Um, that was at Las Vegas. It was a different, uh, mm. Uh, track, but like that was that hit racing fans really hard. Oh yeah, I'd actually met him in person once. He's oh, wow. the nicest fucking guy ever. Hmm. So I was like, man, I don't want that to happen again. That was right. just horrible for the sport. And uh, he was perfectly fine. Wow. Scott yeah. Dixon just walked away from. The, he's like, yeah. not scratch on him. And I was like, no fucking way. I was like, there's <laughs> no way. I thought, right. I thought he was dead. Yeah. He's perfectly fine. The I don't want to spoil it for the documentary because I, I definitely want people to see this documentary and stuff. But the kind of the like the, at the end of the documentary, there's the depiction of of a certain driver's accident. Yeah. Um, that was just like I, I it it was horrific. Yeah. And just like the the story of that was just man, I it it. Like, I can't imagine, like, that's one thing. So, something that I've, <laughs> I've, I've come to terms with about my personality and me as a person <laughs> is that I just, I cannot fathom what it takes or what type of person it takes to be able to do, like, that type of, like, medical work. Yes. Like, like kind of like a, a trauma unit or mm-hmm. triage kind of thing or, like, in, like, this, specific type of thing where they are literally waiting for something to happen if something happens they have to be there stat no pun intended right um and then like just assess like the what the what it must take to have your head clear enough to where you can assess what's going on yeah make like a split second decision about what to do in order to literally in some cases save a person's life or Mm -hmm what have you like i just i can't i can't put myself into those shoes me either um it's it's really remarkable and i think it's something that in in showcasing the the kind of origin of of this type of medical um service i guess um in the evolution of it I i feel like the documentary does a really good job of just of of putting us into like the history of of this this particular type of um 
medical service and yeah. everything. And as it evolves throughout throughout the years, it's it's really interesting to see like what goes in, what went into evolving it and figuring mm-hmm. out like the best way to not have people die. Right, right. Um, yeah, the science was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because basically, I, I never really thought of it as, I guess, as a non medical person, you kind of just mm-hmm. think of trauma as trauma. Right. Like, you know, uh, someone getting in a wreck on the highway isn't yeah. any different than someone getting in a wreck at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Right. When, as you're Except talking about, like, <laughs> difference yeah. of about 150 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I, I just didn't think about it. I mm-hmm. guess you think of trauma as trauma. That's what yeah. you think of. But it's, oh, yeah. these guys were dealing with uh, medical trauma that no one else ever sees. Yes. Like even in a war zone, like, a, mm-hmm. like you know, the, the trauma you see in war zone is different than trauma you see, like a gunshot wound from a war is different than a gunshot right. wound from, you know, a weekend in Chicago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but so yeah, like it's the same thing with motorsports and just regular mm. and auto wreck. And like, I just, I'd never thought about that. Mm. And these guys had to invent the yeah. wheel with motorsports oh, trauma. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> and the one guy, the uh, orthopedic surgeon, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Trammell, Trammell. I his name was, um, that's like his story is incredible. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, he's, I mean, the, the dedication of these, mm-hmm. the two main doctors, uh, Dr. Olvey and Dr. Trammell is really just remarkable. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I don't think I've, there's a lot of stuff I'm passionate about or things I'm passionate about, but I don't know that I could invent the wheel mm-hmm. the way these guys did. Yeah. It's, it's like Tony Kanan got in a wreck in Japan mm-hmm. and he told them not to fix his broken arm until he got back to Indianapolis. Right. So Dr. Trammell could fix it. He kept yeah. his arm. I was like, shut the fuck up. That's yeah. crazy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that was... Tony Kanan be serious. <laughs> um, Oh boy. I'm so sorry. It was bound to happen. Uh, yes, it was. But, um, yeah, I just, I, it's, uh, I had, oh, <laughs> can I confess something real quick? Okay. Um, every time they mentioned, um, Dr. Trammell as being an orthopedic, uh, doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so for the longest time during the documentary, I had to pause it and, uh, uh, look it up. Um, I kind of got orthopedic, um, confused with something i thought it was like a foot doctor <laughs> oh like podiatry a podiatry yeah and i was like sitting there thinking like wow their feet must be really <laughs> like that's a real trouble area <laughs> like, i guess since they have like the pedal and stuff yeah. um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. but no an orthopedic doctor is a doctor of Bones and muscles and in- interior sure. stuff. I don't yes. even know, really. Yes. Like a structural doctor, essentially. Sure. The structure of the human body, yeah. for more, lack of a better word, I guess. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, there is there is specifically like one part that goes into... Um, it goes into... Uh, it, it's talking about the science of like what happens in the car with the driver when it experiences that trauma and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that like the computer generated like... Um, like demonstration that they showed was like, it was talking about concussions. Right. And like, it's just seeing that visually represented in like a kind of like a computer kind of like generated way. Yeah. Um, seeing like what, like what happens like in, in the skull right. was really like put it into an interesting context and everything. Definitely. Um, so Especially I really appreciate it. As that. someone who's had several concussions. Right. Yeah. From the foosballs. From the foosballs. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Side note. Um, 
<laughs> there was a documentary about football, high school football, and mm-hmm. like it was like narrated by um um mm, Friday Night Lights um mm, t- uh, Taylor Kitsch. Oh, okay. Uh, narrated by him, and I think the guy who played Jason Street on Friday Night Lights was like involved in it because he had like an organization or something. Or I don't, I don't know. But okay. anyway, um. It was about like spinal cord injuries and high school football players and stuff. Mm. And like, I only watched like 10 or 15 minutes of it because like it kept saying like, like it, it was framing it in a way that's like, um, is it, but <laughs> like football is so amazing and everything. And is it worth all the spinal injuries? <laughs> and like, I just thought of like that Parks and Rec episode where they're looking at like the smog and the pollution and stuff and like the beautiful sunset. And it's like, Oh, it's all the runoff from the Sweetums factory. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful, but is it worth all the, is it worth all the asthma? And then Ben White's like, no, <laughs> um, like that's how I felt watching this. I was like, is it worth all the spinal injuries? Like, no, it's not. No. Like, <laughs> like, no, I don't think it is. No. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway, so that's a small tangent, but rapid yeah. response. Um, yeah, so, uh, we won't do like spoilers or anything like that. Right. Um, or <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of car stuff, <laughs> like spoilers <laughs> on a car or, um, oh we won't do like spoilers or sunroofs. That's stupid because oh it's God. not indie car. Not um, so much. Yeah. We won't open the wheel to spoil. I don't know. Anyway. God. Um, yeah, so good documentary. Yeah, <laughs> one of the interesting things about mm-hmm. about it is that uh, just how long it took. Mm-hmm. Because I think it said uh, Doctor Olvi said that he started in 1960 something. Oh yeah, is when he first like was able to volunteer. He was like a just out of medical school or a medical mm-hmm. student, and I mean they were talking about like major wrecks, major events that happened. All the way up to the late 90s. Yes. Where they were still developing technologies. Oh, yeah. And, like, they didn't really have a set, like, really good system until, like, the late 90s. Like, you're talking over 30 years. Yeah. That these guys are just plugged away. Yeah. And, like... And it's, like... It's crazy. And it's... It's not just, like, safety measures for, like, the driver or anything. And, like, we're talking about, like, response (laughs) to accidents. Like... The idea of having like an ambulance drive to right. um, the wreck is like a big, a big um, leap forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the response, it's just it's it's insane. Totally. And like, yeah. And and I was uh, like while watching it, they talked about how like okay, well, you know, with it, like they came to a decision after a certain point. That's like, well, you know should probably take them to the hospital before like we take them to to the actual like medical facilities in the in the thing right um in the venue and everything and it's like they were talking about like okay well helicopters and like they were talking about the business side of it of like okay a, like a um a track or a venue like the cost of having like a, a, a helicopter on hand to take someone to the hospital was like like they were talking about how it was maybe not as cost effective to to their bottom line and everything and like they were talking about how they were suggesting like well maybe we can just get like news helicopters and it's yeah. like they're not outfitted for that type of right. transportation yeah um it's just it's so it's so interesting because you get a window into i 
I don't know. It does, and it doesn't like vilify anyone. It's just like this is how right. it was. This is how it evolved. This is how it is now. Um, but it's just it's so weird to see like such rampant um, like disregard for yeah. safety. Um, because like we're living in the present, and like this is all kind of something we maybe not take for granted but it's like something that's like oh this is how it is like this is they have these things in place it's like in the early days they didn't right um just really interesting documentary i thought yeah they talked about how some of the medical medical facilities were mm-hmm. you know a lean to with a dirt floor <laughs> exactly and the, you know the first the first quote-unquote ambulance ever used at the indianapolis motor speedway was a hearse yes yeah, yeah. from from a funeral home that's yeah, still there right down the street <laughs> yeah yep. um so yeah that's that was it was just remarkable. Yeah. And it's funny to think now we don't even, we don't, I don't think about, since I've been a racing fan, mm-hmm. that's been, uh, that's a, another interesting conversation is that, so the, the, uh, the track record for speed at mm-hmm. the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is over 20 years old. Wow. It's set by Ari Leyendike in like 1997. Mm-hmm. And no one's come close to it in 20 Jeez. years. And so, that's what's interesting. You you equate motorsports with speed, and it's always about like how can we go faster? How can mm-hmm. we go faster? And so over the last twenty to thirty years, the innovation has really gotten away from speed, and the innova- okay. all the innovation over the last twenty thirty years has been in safety. Wow, it's really incredible to think about. Like the mm-hmm. Hans unit and the uh, every time they redesign the car, mm-hmm. they take safety into account and how to better protect the drivers. Like if you watch that Scott Dixon, Scott Dixon wreck. Mm-hmm. His car completely disintegrates into yeah. pieces, and it turns out that it's actually designed to do that because hashtag physics. <laughs> the more things fly off the car, the more energy it carries away from the car, and it slows it wow. down quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a good thing that his tires completely flew away because mm-hmm. that dissipates energy. Physics, right? Sure. Yeah, it's like stuff yeah. I don't understand, but it's right. like, you see these wrecks. And it's the same thing in NASCAR too. Mm-hmm. The car just is disintegrates and it's just a shell sitting there. Well, that shell is made out of like super thick steel that mm. protects them. And like, that's what it's supposed to do. And, yeah. You know, 20 years ago, no one ever thought of that. Right. And, and that's, it's just my, my father-in-law, he was like, that was, that's an interesting point about motorsports is when he was growing up, it was all about like, Oh, what's the, what's the new top speed going to be? Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's like, holy shit, they cracked 200 miles an hour. That's right. incredible. Um, and you know, he's like, he's like, no one cares about speeding. It's not about, yeah. you know, 230 miles an hour is pretty fast. I don't, right. I don't think it's not a big deal to go 250. Yeah. Like it's, it's just not, I don't, I don't think we're all looking for that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think it's kind of reached the pinnacle of speed. Mm-hmm. Cause if you go like, and I think it was, there's an interesting thing about how in the documentary about how you can't really go faster. And it kind of right. comes up at, at, at a point in the, in the documentary to where mm-hmm. it's, it's not physiologically possible to go faster right. with a human in the car. Um, but that's, yeah, that's just, that's been an interesting conversation that I've had with my father-in-law is that, you nice. know, all the innovation is in safety and it's, mm-hmm. it's actually pretty interesting. Um, and it, I think people, it's an old school and a new school, old school versus new school way of thinking. But I think a lot of the old school fans find the new innovation still pretty interesting. Um, Nice. But yeah, it's a, that's that's just something I I kind of picked up on in the documentary. So nice. Um, it's funny. A couple things 
about that or adjacent to that. Did you see this video that was going around a couple days ago? Um, that there there's a Bugatti Chiron Supersport, I think, um, that set a record. I think set a record. Um, it went over uh 300 miles per hour. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes and everything. Good God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. And I've mentioned this before, but like there was a, there's a book that I read like the first like half of on Kindle like years ago called Blood and Smoke. Mm. Um, that's about like the history of auto racing and Indy 500 and everything. And like I vividly remember like this, (laughs) this part where this, uh, like there was a quote from like a race car driver from like the early days of like, of like the Indy 500, where it was like when they first started going like 60 miles per hour (laughs) and like way back in the day. And like the driver said, like humans were not meant to go this fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Like that always stuck. Like I read it like way back in the day, but, um, yeah. That's funny. Humans were not meant to travel at these speeds. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the average speed for the very first Indy 500, uh, the car was called the Marmon Wasp. I think it mm-hmm. was like the average speed was like 48 miles an hour or something. Jeez. It's some crazy. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it on the track before. Yeah, uh, it still runs. I've seen um, it on the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've seen the car that Marvel oh, lost. Yeah. I saw it. They brought it out for a lot of the Centennial stuff. Oh, nice. Um, I was like, man, that thing's fucking Back slow. Back in 2016. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I pay attention. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the other thing I was going to say is like that Scott Dixon crash and everything. Like, mm-hmm. as you said, like it's, it's like now safety regulations are to have like the car disintegrates on purpose um, yeah. because of physics and everything. But like, Something that struck me, and I don't know if you know the answer to this offhand, but like, how much does like a single race car like that cost? I don't know. Okay. I, really, I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's expensive. Yeah, I know that. Because um, like, I mean, I when the with a crash like that, like it it's done. Like there, yeah, there's yeah. nothing. Right. Um, right. And do you think that? Because, like, NASCAR is also a thing, stock car racing. Yes. Um, Because of the, like, build of the car and everything, like, because I I don't know, as an outsider to this sport, like, looking at, like, an IndyCar, like, an open-wheel car, like, also F1, like, open-wheel racing, Mm -hmm. um, versus, like, stock cars and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, well, stock cars, NASCAR, whatever, is safer, (laughs) Um, yeah. because like they have, like they're inside. <laughs> right. Um, is that like true or is that, do you think that that's, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, your, your head is exposed mm-hmm. in an open car and like, it doesn't matter how good your helmet is. Yeah. You could still, you know, a piece of debris could take your head off. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, that doesn't really happen though. You don't really hear about like decapitations. Yeah, you know? I feel I mean, like I feel like I would catch wind of that if that right? happened. Well, and, you know, like you were talking about some of the footage uh, mm-hmm. from like the 60s and stuff, like those open wheel or uh, open air cars like were not designed to like if they flip over, you get crushed and you die. Right. But yes. now now it's at the point where if you flip over and you land on top like even at 200 miles an hour, mm-hmm. your head is not going to hit the pavement. Right. Like it's they've 
you know, change that. That's good. Um, yeah. Um, good on so, them. Right. Um, um, but yeah, so I mean, there's, I think just inherently there's still more risk with an open wheel car. Yeah. Um, and there, you know, it's harder, it's harder to drive an open wheel car. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any, any debate there. Cause if you, if you touch wheels or anything, mm-hmm. somebody's going to spin out. Like right. it's especially at 200 miles an hour. Whereas yeah. in NASCAR, they're fucking knocking around. It's, yeah. it's damn near a, destruction a demolition derby right. race you know um you can you can get into a wreck and still win the damn race mm-hmm. but if you get into a wreck in indy car you're pretty much done for the day yeah um now what about the cars 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 oh. <laughs> from cars <laughs> well let's ask cars basically <laughs> oh sure sure yeah um but um joke landed um so <laughs> I, I i would guess one of those cars costs at least a couple hundred grand at okay. at the minimum. I don't know. I don't think they're like a million dollars, but I would say anywhere from like two hundred to five hundred grand. Okay, per car. Okay, um, I, if I had to guess. Yeah, I actually got to go work at a racing shop. Oh, nice. Uh, for for at like an Indy five hundred team. Nice. Um, I won't say what it is, but uh, mm-hmm. I actually like go in there and like the cars come apart into two major pieces, like mm-hmm. kind of the front cab and then the rear of the car. Which is where the engine and everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to like see all that. Like Jeez. I could like go up and touch it if I wanted to. That's awesome. Um, that was like a religious experience for me. Sure. It was super cool. Mm-hmm. So the intricacy of the vehicles is just yeah. really amazing. Um, another thing, going back to the wrecks and everything and the kind of safety versus like IndyCar versus NASCAR, this is turning into this. This is the topic of the episode. <laughs> but, um, um, I kept thinking, cause like looking at like seeing the, the footage of like the more horrific crashes that were depicted in, in the documentary, mm-hmm. like I kept thinking like, okay, well, like I kept thinking that like, oh God, like that is so scary and versus like, you know, like NASCAR and everything. Um, but then I kept remembering like, um, Dale Earnhardt senior. His, uh-huh. his wreck that killed him. Yeah. Like it looked, I remember that because it looks kind of just innocuous. Yeah. Like definitely. Yeah. Like he's, he goes into a turn and then he spins a little bit. He spins he a little bit control. and hit the back of his car just hits the wall. Is it the back of the car or the front? I think it was the back of his car. Okay. I think he kind of like spun out and then like slid up and the back hit. Okay. I thought, I can't even remember, frankly. Um, um I want to say it's the front, but auto You I might know? be right. I don't remember. I've been to one auto race, and that was when I think the Indy 500 or the Brickyard got rained out, like. Oh, really? Like for a week, and they were just like, uh, just come. I'm yeah, like, just show free. up. <laughs> um, let me actually look real quick. But yeah, his wreck looks like, looks like nothing. I mean. Yeah. It looks oh, like yeah. he just kind of taps the wall, and it mm-hmm. killed him. Uh, but I think he was, I think Dale Earnhardt was kind of a, uh, a stubborn guy and was kind of uh, like, yeah. he was like, I don't need all that safety shit. Like, I think when he died, I think he was still wearing like an open face helmet. Oh my God. Yeah. Like he didn't wear the full helmet. And I don't, I think he was wearing one of those Hans devices that they, uh, they mentioned towards the end of the documentary. Mm-hmm. I think he was wearing one of those, but I honestly, I don't know. Okay. It was the front of the car. Was it the front? Okay. Yeah. He basically, he, uh. Lost control, I think, going into a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of, uh, the car went right into the wall. And, uh, oh, that's interesting. I mean, it dragged a lot. Um, right, right. 
Yeah. So it just, it, it looks. I remember. Yeah, when it happened, like I I was I was just getting into NASCAR when that happened. Oh yeah. Um, and I remember that. Yeah, it was at Daytona too, which is you mm-hmm. know that's the that's the big race for NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching that race and like seeing that wreck, and I was like, man, it it lo- doesn't look like it was a very traumatic wreck at all. Right. Yeah, and he and he died. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Hmm. So. Um. Yeah. And then I think his son was in like Dukes of Hazard or something. Um, was Junior in Dukes of Hazard? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, he uh, he was on. If you want to hear some interesting, if you're into racing, um, <laughs> he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. Uh, this year, I I, was, I think it was a handful of months ago. Um, and he's he's retired now, but he uh he had quite a few injuries from Rex. Okay. Uh, he um. He got several concussions, mm-hmm. and he actually—I think the doctors were like, "Yeah, don't race anymore because huh. you're messed up." Yeah. Um, and he had to do like physical therapy. He had to like exercise his brain Jeez. to recover from the concussions because he would like get fatigued really easily, and it, it, it's much better to hear him tell it. But he—he mm-hmm. he had to like do eye exercises to like <sighs> strengthen his brain, and I, he, it took him like two years. Jeez. He was like miserable. Like he put on weight and he was just like in pain every day. And it wow. was all from his brain. Like it wasn't, it wasn't his physical, the physiologically it was in his brain. It wasn't really the rest of his body. Wow. Um, he was in a nasty wreck at the, uh, 24 hours at Daytona race. He was racing a Corvette and Jeez. he got like burned really bad. Ugh. He was in some crazy wrecks. Um, also not, <laughs> uh, not specific to, um, cars um <laughs> he's in like a plane wreck yeah, yeah. right recently yeah, yeah it's crazy uh by the way uh dale earnhardt jr was not in dukes of hazard i was thinking of aj fort the fourth oh okay who not to put her on the spot but my sister who has never listened to an episode of the podcast and never will <laughs> uh had such a crush on him oh yeah aj fort the fourth um <laughs> who ended up marrying uh jim ursay's daughter i think oh really yeah i huh. I, I, I wikipedia him last night. Nice. Um, but anyway, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was in Talladega Nights. He was. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so should we wrap things up? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. We also saw Hobbs and Shaw, but I, I yeah. forgot that. Um, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you are in the mood for a very engaging documentary and, um, thrilling documentary also, like mm-hmm. just the way that it's, uh, it depicts the, the footage and everything is just very, like, engaging and, and terrifying. Yeah. Uh, check out Rapid Response. Like I said, it's playing at Southern Plaza here in Indianapolis. Check out, um, you know, uh, check your local listings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously I loved it, but like mm-hmm. I, I knew I was going to, and I can't, I can't yeah. separate my ba- my and bias see, from it. I just can't. I really uh, didn't know how I was going to respond to it because, uh, because I just, I'm, it just hasn't, isn't something that really interests me, the subject matter, but right. it's a, it's a well done documentary that is an interesting story and everything. And that kind of is what hooked me. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I didn't mention just real quick is that they actually got quite a few, like, legendary drivers they did to like 
that they interviewed. Like People Rick, that I've heard their name. Right. Yeah. Elio Castroneves, Rick mm-hmm. Mears, Bobby Unser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some big, some big names. And like, I, I was kind of hoping that they did, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure, you know, how they, how that was going to work out. But yeah. yeah. And I, I had no idea that some of those guys mm-hmm. suffered some pretty significant injuries. Yeah. Chip Ganassi, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I had no idea that he had a wreck like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was cool to see. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that will do it. Yep. Um, I did have something I was saving for the end. So, um, as we wrap up and everything, um, I, I was going to, I was going to pretend to put you on the spot, Tiny, and <laughs> be like, yeah, we're going to have Tiny sing us a song. But, oh um, my God. I have no idea why. But I did want to mention that, um, sorry that we're not doing Sharktober and Irvington, guys. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, we'll, we'll Life, be back. Life uh, uh, gets in the way. It does. <laughs> it does. Um, so I did want to mention that uh, uh, our friends over at Nightmare in Edgewood, um, they are opening up their season, their 2019 season. It opens September 20th and runs to November 9th. They are at a new location. It's at 1927 South Meridian Street in Indianapolis. Um, it is just to refresh everyone's memory. It's Indy's only full contact haunted house. Um, it's their 41st season at a new permanent location. Um, again, that's September 20th is when they open. Uh, and it's on the same city block as House of Trepidation, which is another, um, haunted house that they've they've partnered with a lot and everything um so yeah so check that out nightmareinedgewood.com uh i'm sure they have tons of just really cool stuff this year especially with the new location and it's because like the the stuff that they did like the the just intricacies of it where they had like like their their location uh for like 40 years yeah like this new location i'm sure is is going to really up their game a lot those guys so, are cool as hell very cool if you want to talk about some passionate people yes oh yes yeah, fun stuff oh yeah so check that out nightmareinedgewood.com uh september 20th to november 8th i said mm-hmm. um yep so check that out and that'll do it for this episode of the obsessive viewer um we are going to i have no idea what we're doing next week um mm-hmm. i want to get fecus back on because he's back from italy yeah um, so I'll contrive a reason to have him on. Um, <laughs> nice. also I want to mention, or I want to get Kirsten back on because she just, uh, last weekend shot a film yeah. that she was cast in. So I'm very excited to talk to her about that on Mike. Cool. Uh, also Mike, I want to get Mike back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, always, always yeah. Mike back. Uh, so yeah, so that'll do it for this episode and coming up next week. Not sure, but tower junkies stay tuned. We're hopefully going to get, uh, it chapter two. Yep. Also, uh, the Institute. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Soon ish. Yeah. Um, and then before we know it, we're gonna go into our Shining and Doctor Sleep series of episodes, yes. and then Castle Rock, and that. oh yeah. So speaking of it, Chapter Two, we're gonna do a screening. Yes, uh, I forgot. Yeah, we were screening on Sunday. Sunday afternoon ish. That'll be the fifteenth. The fifth. 
13th, yes, I think, at Trader's Point on the west side of Indianapolis. Yes. Uh, yes, Sunday, September 15th. Uh, we haven't set a time yet. There is a 4 p.m. showing. They did have the updated okay. ones. Um, but go to the Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. Uh, join the Facebook group and check the comments on that. We're going to have a group screening. I'm very excited about it. We did this two years ago with it, Chapter 1. Um, super... Super excited about it. Um, yeah. And we'll have our review. I kind of have the hiccups of the yards, but <laughs> we're going to have our review, uh, on Tower Junkies, um, soon. So, yep. yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of The Obsessed Viewer. I think I've said that three times now. <laughs> um, check out Rapid Response and our its screening and everything. So, yep. uh, yeah. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Yes, we received two new patrons. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, who found us through Tower Junkies, and now uh, very kindly uh listens to the other podcasts as well nice um also i'll talk about this in the episode but he also uh donated to the podcast so thank that's you that's great yes you done you done not messed up aa ron yeah that's um as, all donations are final say. Um, <laughs> just no, want to put that caveat out there no refunds no backsies yes. <laughs> the obsessive viewer podcast is edited and produced by matt hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com for a full archive of our episodes go to obsessiveviewer.com slash ov archive you can also like our facebook page and join the ov facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at i am mike white that's me at ra feckus and at burger underscore lurker if you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. 
You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Kitty!